Come then, let us begin with the muses, who by their singing delight the great mind of Zeus, their father, who lives on Olympus, as they tell of what is, and what is to be, and what was before now, with harmonious voices, and the sound that comes from their sweet mouths never falters, and all the mansion of Zeus, the father of the deep thunder, is joyful in the light voice of the goddesses. From the Theogony of Hesiod, as translated by Richard Lattimore. Hello and welcome to the Western Traditions Podcast. This episode will introduce you to the early history of ancient Greece, starting with the Mycenaeans and encompassing the Dark Ages that followed the downfall of that culture as well. This may not sound like much content to cover, but as you will see, this includes all the writings of Homer and of Hesiod, as well as all of Greek mythology and a great deal of recent archaeological discovery about the Bronze Age collapse and its manifestation in the cultures of the Aegean Sea. So expect this unit of episodes to cover a lot of ground and reveal much about the most elementary aspects of ancient Greek culture. Consider, if you will, just the way that Socrates and his colleagues rely so heavily on the works of Homer in their dialogues. The stories of the Trojan War and the sufferings and triumphs of the returning heroes, particularly Odysseus, form a sort of Old Testament for the ancient Greeks. The personages in these stories are the Noahs and the Moses and the King Davids of Greek cultural history. Their deeds and their words are not quite inerrant in the eyes of Socrates, as the words of the Bible might be for a modern-day devout Christian, but they are weighty. They carry authority, even if it is not undeniable authority. More importantly, these two epic stories are the Greek fount of wisdom, the words to consult when confronted by moral and situational challenges. As far away as places like South America, children are still being named after characters from these stories. Ulysses, the Roman form of Odysseus, Penelope, Hector, and Achilles are all commonly given names at childbirth in many Latin cultures, even though these cultures may seem, at first glance, to be almost completely unrelated to ancient Greece and the endeavors of the heroes from the Iliad. And these are not names only given to the educated elite in these countries, but even in the simplest mountain villages, among the most down-to-earth people, you may find more than one man working his field below while carrying such an honorable name as Nestor or Ulysses on his shoulders. Our contemporary global culture, comprised of those peasant farmers in the mountains of Central America named Achilles and high-powered business figures living in a metropolis named Helen or Cassandra, They are all riding a cultural swell that began its rise more than 3,000 years ago when Minoan society on Crete fell and the power of its demise degenerated the wave that became Greek culture and ultimately Western culture in its entirety. The roots of this tree, this contemporary global culture of ours, these roots run deep. And in the branches and blooms we see today, they have their sources deep underground in hidden places in the prehistory of Greece, and we have nourished ourselves on their legacy without always being aware of it.
It should go without question that Greek mythology is also a fundamental component of Western culture, in every country using an Indo-European language anyway. Who has not heard of Zeus, of Apollo, of Jason and the Argonauts, or of Atlas holding up the world, or Sisyphus pushing that boulder uphill, or of Theseus and the Minotaur? And before all else, we should and will remember Heracles. You may not be familiar with that form of the name. In the West, we more typically use the Romanized version of the name, Hercules. And you might be tempted to think of Heracles as some muscle-bound brute who bowled his way through problems and slayed monsters and other enemies with his brute strength, but that is not the way that the ancient Greeks remembered him. Several episodes down the line, we will get to why Heracles was such an important figure in the minds of ancient Greeks, even through the classical period and afterward. Much of the content in upcoming episodes will come from the works of Hesiod, a Greek writer who composed a few important volumes about Greek culture and religious belief during the Dark Ages of Greece, probably during the 8th or 9th centuries BC. Now, these are all details from the written evidence that we have of ancient Greek culture, most of which was derived from oral literature that had been passed down through the centuries. For a long time, though, many centuries, up until the 19th century for that matter, this was really the entirety of the evidence that we had for the nature of society among the men and women of ancient Greece. However, archaeology has since opened our eyes to much more. Many of the upcoming episodes will also be about the physical remains of ancient Greek culture that we have uncovered over the last couple of centuries. These have not only re revealed the wonders of ancient Mycenae, but they have also suggested enticing connections between the more familiar Greeks of classical times and these mysterious ancestors who inhabited Greece long before Homer. Yes, identity will be a key subject in these episodes. Literary figures such as Agamemnon and Odysseus were once considered to be essentially historical, if somewhat embellished. A later, more doubtful age swung the pendulum back and decided that they were almost entirely fictional, the products of fanciful imagination. At present, having dug up much of the Mycenaean ruins, scholars are less certain and in less agreement as to the existence and identity of Agamemnon, Menelaus, Helen, Odysseus, and so on. And the city of Troy, the focus of the siege in the Iliad, was once considered imaginary, and it has now been proven to have indeed existed and to have been conquered at roughly the same time as the Mycenaean world fell apart. So we will have to look at the question, knowing that Mycenae was real, were people like Agamemnon and Odysseus members of that proud ancient society, or were they the leaders of the Indo-European speaking tribes that came down the peninsula and brought an end to Mycenaean hegemony? There is good reason to consider either possibility. We will begin the next episode with the unraveling mystery of Mycenae, that vibrant culture that inherited the sophistication and refinement of the Minoans and expressed it in a Greek fashion on the shores of the Aegean Sea in the late 2nd millennium BC. From there, we will continue on to Greek mythology until we bridge the strange gap between myth and history that occurs during the Dark Ages after the fall of Mycenae. Most of us probably view Zeus as an entirely uh, mythical entity, 
When we come to personages such as Theseus, though, the line between myth and history, between legend and fact, becomes blurry, and this leads on to figures such as Solon and Lycurgus, who seem unlikely to be real when first considered, but who appear to have left footprints in the cultural evolution of their respective regions of ancient Greece. Now, all that is still to come. In the meantime, I remind you again to visit the website at western-traditions.org, that's western-traditions.org, and look around. Many and soon all of the episodes found there are accompanied by maps, source lists, recommended books, and even transcripts of the episodes. Please leave a comment, and if you can, support the podcast through PayPal or Patreon. The next episode should come before the end of this month, July 2022. In the meantime, I thank you for listening to the Western Traditions Podcast.